As entrepreneurs, we want to reach out there and find the right clients, the prospective clients and customers, and have them be attracted to us. And there's all kinds of marketing mediums out there. And, you know, many of us have used things and some have worked better than others. Well, you are very fortunate today. I have a remarkable fellow entrepreneur who is a direct mail and really slash marketing expert. And he's here to guide us through how we can use the marketing of today to really accelerate our success, attract the right steady stream of pre-qualified, pre-endorsed customers or clients. I mean, what more can you ask for? You do not want to miss this. Stay tuned. I'm John Bowen, and we're at AES Nation, all about accelerating your success. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard, watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com Craig, I am so excited to have you here today. Uh, you are one of the top people in, in really direct response. And we met at Genius Network, Joe Polish's 25K. And I, everybody turned to you. You're one of those quiet guys that everybody just turned to to get the answers. So I want to get the answers today. But first of all, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm glad to be a part of the, this interview today. Well, Craig, you know, there, there's so many questions I have on what you do. And, but I, I want to, you know, being a direct response person, you know, you didn't wake up at 10, age 10 and say, I'm going to be the top guy mailing all kinds of different things, creating, helping so many businesses be successful. How did you get where you are today? You know, before we get all the answer stuff, I want them to have a little bit of your background. Sure. You know, and I got started in direct mail marketing in a really odd way. And I think the only way to get into a direct mail business is going to be in an odd way. I mean, it's not like you just wake up, like you said, and say, oh, I'm going to do direct mail today. Um, when I was 18 or 19 years old, I had built this 20-foot high rock climbing wall in my parents' backyard. And I'd spent all my money on the materials, the wood, the steel. And I didn't have any money left to put the actual rock climbing holds to buy those and put them on the wall. And so I decided to make them myself. And so I made all these fake rocks. And I bolted them on my wall, and I had my buddies come over and climb on it, and everybody loved it. And they said, you should start selling these things. So I went into business selling these fake rocks. And one of the first things I, I did was I had heard about this media direct mail. And so I wrote a letter, and I mailed it out to um, about 175 people. And I sat by the phone, and I thought, man, this thing's going to kill it. And I, and I waited for the phone to ring, and I waited, and I waited, and... It didn't ring at all. Nobody called for my first campaign. It was a complete flop. But I didn't give up and I kept testing. And I eventually sold over 4,000 rocks through the mail. And so I fell in love with the marketing and I would love it when the phone would ring and I would love it even more when I would take a credit card number and I'd process the order. But then I'd have to go out to my sweatshop and I had to make these fake rocks, which I hated. So, <laughs> so I got out of the manufacturing business and I went to work for a large publisher um, doing direct mail. So that was kind of my start was 
selling fake rocks got me started in the direct mail business. It's a great start. And, and, you know, it's funny. We all have different ways that we kind of find our way into being entrepreneurs. And that, that you know, you, the test of fire, and there's nothing like doing a marketing campaign and, you know, waiting for the phone to ring and nothing happens. Yeah, all of us as fellow entrepreneurs can relate to that. But I wanna to go to some of the lessons. You and I were talking about the lessons you learned and this is why I wanted to have you on uh, the AES Nation podcast, Craig. And you know, one of the things that you, know, you talk about in you know, all the work you do with clients and presentations you're making is marketing is a science. And, you know, I, I know when I first started, I can still remember some of my earliest marketing classes, you know, kind of, I felt like you're just checking the direction of the wind. I grew up in the financial services, you know, we're all number based and for the most part, totally ignored it on the marketing. We just were relationship. And, you know, tell, tell us how, you know, things are evolving and changing now and why you think marketing is such a science and not an art. Sure. And yeah, I mean, I think, you know, starting out, my idea was the, the most beautiful ad or the most elaborate looking, elegant looking sales piece. But what you find out is some of those things don't always work out. You know, there's, there's, there's a reason why a certain style works better to one group versus another. And, and there's a whole science between, you know, behind marketing, whether you're marketing to men versus women, there's there's certain color schemes that are going to be more responsive to a man than to a woman and vice versa. There's also the, the characteristics that go into who you're marketing to, the age, the income, the hobbies, the interest. And all this information builds up into really a science. And if you do these three things in this order, you have a better chance of getting a response versus just throwing kind of spaghetti on the wall and hoping this works, right? So. I'm a firm believer, and from what I've seen from tracking thousands of mail campaigns, that putting the science into it and really strategizing and coming up with the right concepts and the right lists and copy and design all goes together to give you the best chance for success. No, it, well, and you should know because one of the interesting tidbits about Craig is Craig does more campaigns. You know, on average, I think it's about 300 totally different campaigns a year in all kinds of different niches and industries and that. And that's, I, I believe, more than anyone else out there. So, you know, it's just a huge, um, you know, learned lessons on this. And, and, you know, when we look at the demographics and the psychographics, um, I, Craig, I'm always interested. I mean, the thing that I've found uh, is how little changes can make a huge difference, you know, once you better understand the audience. Yeah, and you know, it's, it could be as simple as a color change. You know, we find that if we're going to women, that if we use a turquoise in a, a pinkish color, or, or you know, we're gonna have a better response than if we use a blue or a brown. Now you can mail the exact same piece, the exact same copy, the exact same design, and just change the colors, and response rate's gonna change. We found through testing that the photo makes a big difference. Um, one of my clients we were mailing millions of pieces for, and we tried them in a, in a suit, we tried them in a cowboy hat, we tried them in a baseball <laughs> cap. We found after testing dozens of photos that a denim shirt with a cowboy hat was the one that gave us the highest response rate. It's just, and, and science told us that by studying and researching and testing, 
we use that information to say, wow, this, this is what works best. Even though we thought maybe a suit and tie would work better, it didn't. It was the, the cowboy hat and the denim shirt. I'll tell you, this is one for you know, all our fellow entrepreneurs. This is a big deal because, I mean, as I mentioned, I grew up in the financial services industry professionally. And, you know, we really, from a, we do now, but we didn't then do all the testing. And now I am a huge believer in it. And just the, the ability to test, you know, everything with today's technology is just so available. There's no excuse not treating marketing as a science. And the incremental, you know, changes. I mean, I've had things that I've changed that have made as much as an 80% increase uh in return on investment at craig and there was really no additional cost in doing yeah. it so it's kind of crazy yeah it's surprising how little change can have a significant impact on a, on a sales letter or any kind of marketing campaign well one of the things you talk about and and this is something that i think is very important because it's a mistake i made and you know i can remember hiring when i was uh you know some top marketing consultants and they were getting me so excited and everything else. And I, you know, I'm going to swing for the home run. We're going to have this big success. And there's nothing worse than, you know, putting a lot of time, energy and money in a campaign. And, you know, kind of like your first letter for the rocks. Right. Uh, it, it, it didn't land. And, you know, help, help out our fellow entrepreneurs because the temptation is to swing for the fence. But how, how should we think about marketing? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like um, you can always improve upon a campaign, you know, you can always make something better. And so when I first started, I was swinging for the fence every time I wanted a home run. And I got really discouraged when I wasn't able to do that constantly. But what I quickly realized is that a base hit was really the next step towards a home run, right? It got me on the got me on the plates, I could start running the bases here, it gave me a chance to do something more and greater. And it was that getting going and then making it better, testing something else. Maybe it's the different colors of those sales that are, maybe it's a different photo, maybe a different headline. But by making changes, we got the piece, we can make the nail pieces even better, better, better. And so it wasn't like we had to hit a home run the first time. We just had to get going, it's a starting point. And, I, and I've always learned it's easy to make a piece better. Um, it's just, it's tough to hit, get the perfect sales piece or any kind of marketing campaign right out of the gate, to do it right off the bat. And I think a lot of people have the temptation to say, well, I'm going to work on this marketing campaign over and over again, and they never really get anything out the door because they want the perfect one. And then when it's not perfect, they're discouraged and like, okay, I'm done with this. But really, you just need to get something out there and say, okay, we've, we've done something really good here. Let's try it out. Now, once you see a response, you can make it better. Let's tweak some things and test some things. I'm going to give a little personal thing, Craig, because this was a big one to me. I, I went ahead and I listened to uh, some of the, you know, really one very top consultant convinced me to, you know, I had the idea and put about $100,000 in it to just run the first test. And, you know, we're going to go big. And, uh, I think I generated something like 15,000 of revenue, not, you know, profit revenue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and it was one of those kind of, you know, it was pretty devastating because of my first kind of doing this more marketing as a science. And, you know, today having stuck with it, scaled down, began testing more incrementally, you know, that's responsible for almost 3 million of revenue. 
uh, and, and with a very high profit margin too. And it would have been so easy. You know, I made that big mistake trying for the home run in the beginning. It mm -hmm. took us probably nine months to get it to work. But once mm -hmm. it worked, it worked really well. So, you know, this, I'm a big believer in base hits, mainly because I'm not a good home run swinger, I found right. out. Right. <laughs> well, let's, let's go a little bit further. You know, you know, marketing's so much fun and, you know, when it's working and when it's not, it's not. And, you know, and it's only part of the business. And, you know, a line I first heard from Michael Gerber, we were talking about, you know, working in the business. Michael Gerber the, uh, wrote the book, a uh, very famous uh, Wall Street Journal said, I think it was the number one or certainly in the top 10 uh, books, E-Myth Revisited. Mm -hmm. And a great book for all small business because he talks about systems but he talks about, you know, working in the business versus on the business. And most of us are working in the business. We're chugging along, you know, doing our stuff. And one of the things that you do and you do very well is you work on the business. So, you know, how, how do you, you know, separate those two? And then how do you go ahead and, you know, make sure that you're putting the right investment in each category? Right. Well, I mean, I think it's it's really when I started out, I was like most you know entrepreneurs, and I was just working in the business, and I thought that was the answer. And then I quickly realized that boy, I can't grow unless I work on the business. And and so what I had to do is start dedicating time, you know, and saying, okay, for these hours, this section during the day, this is going to be the section where I work in the business, and then I've got a good chunk of time over here that's going to be working on the business. And I had to be very rigid and stick to that, or else, if you don't work on, if you don't, if you don't do that, then you're just going to keep working in the business, and you'll be busy all the time, but you're not going to grow necessarily. You're just going to be spinning your wheels. And so, I really had to separate my weeks out into what would be working on the business versus working in the business. Well, and, and you know, and that's really why we met. I mean, you know, we were both working on the business. I mean, we. Were, we were at a, we paid somebody, Joe right. Polish, 25K, to uh, bring us together. And I spent about 100000 a year going to these kind of meetings, uh, not, not because I need more friends or anything like that. But what I want to do is see what, you know, like yourself, what fellow entrepreneurs who are having yeah. real success are doing and, you know, learn from that. And also, you know, the connections and business, you know, that's what brought us together and, you know, and you're doing the same thing. Have you found that to be very valuable? Oh, super, super valuable. I mean, I've been in mastermind groups for, I don't know, five years now, plus, you know, going to marketing meetings, you know, three or four different meetings every year and have been doing it for many years. And so, yeah, I feel like that's a huge part of it. And just connecting with other entrepreneurs and seeing what they're doing. And there's always something you can learn, right? There's always somebody in the room who's doing something new or different. And, and I just gained so much information by watching others and how they do it and how can I do things better. And I think that it's, it's invaluable to be able to spend that kind of time. Well, let's go the other part. You know, you talked, you know, we were talking about working on the business. And one of the things that you do, uh, I know, is you're great at time management and that segmentation. Because, you know, we do have to work in the business a bit, sure. too, and that on the business how do you go about segmenting it and, you know, the various roles that you have in leading your organization? 
Right. Well, um, you know, for one of the things I do is, you know, like I, I schedule my phone calls out. You know, I schedule all my calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I try and be very rigid with that. And so that I can have the other days of the week to work um, on projects, whether it's enter the business or on the business. But I try and get all my phone calls lined up in a couple of days. I think that's something that's been big, that's a big help. Um, you know, for my team, we, we have a weekly marketing meeting. We have it every Wednesday morning. We have a set time for it. We go through projects. You know, we try not to have a ton of meetings throughout the week. We try and keep everything to that one meeting. Um, you know, we don't want to have meetings to have meetings. We want to have a purpose behind them. So we're very intent on the things we do and how we schedule our days. Well, and this is so important for all of us. I mean, if, if we want, you know, as Craig, to be successful on purpose, then it's organizing our day you know, with great intent, with clarity of purpose, you know, what are the most important things for us? And, you know, so often, you know, we leave our calendars open. And uh, I can remember at one time I had another business where we had about 400 employees. <laughs> uh, it was like, you know, there's a steady stream, you know, always coming. And it was almost impossible, you know, until I made that decision that, you know, we'd create structure around that because otherwise, you know, you, you just leave everything to chance and you, so many missed opportunities. And wasted time. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, um, you know, I mean, what do you mean by wasted time? So I, I had, before I did, uh, you know, for the last 10 years, I've been doing the, the freelance direct mail consultant and coach thing. Prior to that, I worked for a, a large publishing company um, and for 11 years, and we'd have meetings to prep for other meetings. And, you know, I mean, it was ridiculous. We'd have to get meeting notes out and have agenda for the pre-meeting that would come for the meeting that was later in the day. There were seriously days during the week where we would spend, you know, six hours of the day in meetings and that meant nothing got done. And then we would have, you know, those twice a week. It was like, boy, a third of our time or 25% of our time is spent in meetings about meetings. Well, when I left the corporate world and I went to work for myself, I couldn't believe how much extra time I had because I wasn't in meetings. And the meetings were so, they were so much of a waste of time. And, and I talk to business owners all the time who have that same, they have that, have that same experience. Yeah, I, you know, meetings can be very productive, sure. but we have way too many of them and they're not well organized. I mean, I found the same thing when I, you know, all of a sudden I have uh, a number of businesses, but they're virtual businesses. So Global Headquarters is my pool house. I've got about 40 core people working with me, but nobody else is here. And, you know, we have very structured days. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed. And, you know, and we're doing pretty large scale businesses um, and, you know, the, you know, several million dollars in multiple businesses. And, you know, and it's amazing what you, I mean, I actually feel a little embarrassed sometimes, Craig. I don't know if you feel this, that there's a lot of free time <laughs> when you're not doing six hours of non-productive right. meetings. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, if I'm going to have a meeting, I want a purpose and I want a time frame. You know, how long is it going to take? And what's the purpose of it? So that we all go into it. We know what we're going to get. And I learned that lesson from a, from a marketing guy. I was, um, I was meeting with Dan Kennedy for my first time. And at the end of a 20-minute pre-scheduled meeting, I was expecting we'd go over a little bit. And he said, I'm sorry, it's time for you to go. Our meeting is up. And I, and I was mid-sentence, but it was right on the dot. It was time to go. And I learned from that point on, whenever I met with him, there was a hard stop 
time. I had to be done. And I've carried that through just thinking that's a really great model in the sense that there's no wasted time. There. Yeah, and not everybody knows who Dan is, okay. uh, Craig. Who is Dan Kennedy? So Dan Kennedy, I mean, he's, he's one of the largest uh, information marketing experts in the country. He's one of the largest direct response marketing you know, experts in the country. He's written like 18 different marketing books. Um, when it comes to direct response marketing, he's probably the most widely published author right now um, living. And uh, he's got a huge following. He's, he's very rigid. He's got a very structured system about him. And, and, it, and it works for a lot of businesses. And, you know, a extremely talented individual. But I have no doubt to him shutting you down at the right oh, yeah. time. Too. <laughs> right? No sense. And I, but I learned from it, you know. No, that's great. Now, let's, let's go. You know, we haven't talked about it. I alluded to something that, yeah, really, I wanted to get together. And I wanted to know you more because as I'm experimenting with direct mail more and more, we're getting great results. And, you know, I, I mean, I've had so many people, uh, you know, from the internet, kind of the marketing side, the information marketing side, tell me the direct mail is dead. Don't waste your money. And, you know, you and Brian Kurtz, uh, formerly from boardroom, uh, are the two guys who are telling me, John, you know, this is phenomenal. And, and now I'm finally believing you. So maybe help our other entrepreneurs kind of catch up to speed with what's going on in this dead art that you lead. Sure, sure. Well, I'll tell you the first thing, you know, I love direct mail. I'm passionate about it. So, you know, this may be a time where you have to cut me off because I could go on and on for this. But, um, you know, what people don't know is they think that it's this kind of old dinosaur business that's gone away, right? That, that nobody's using it anymore. But the reality is, is it's a $46 billion business, and that's for advertising mail only. That doesn't include your bills and the normal correspondence. There's $46 billion a year spent in direct mail advertising. And if you were to evaluate and look at the top you know, 500 businesses in the country, the majority of them, 95 to 98%, are all actively using direct mail. And one of the stories I like to talk about is Google because you know, Google's this massive online giant, you know, and they aggressively use direct mail to get people to use their AdWords program. And um, a few years ago, two years ago, there was a study done of the top mailers of the, in, the, in the United States, and Google was the eighth largest technology wow. mailer in the country. Now, they're up there with AT&T, Verizon. Dell computers, I mean, those are all big names, right, that we know and would expect to use direct mail. Well, Google was the eighth largest technology mailer in the country. And well, let me just pretty... stop for a second there, Craig, because I, I think that's, I knew they, you know, I'm, I'm in Silicon Valley, I get uh, direct mail from Google. I used to get more, I get some now, but they, I remember when they really flooded it too. And, you know, to have them be the eighth largest, and when you think about that, you know, their incremental cost of using Google AdWords, I'm, I'm going to think it's pretty low. <laughs> so, sure. You know, they, they have the ability to use all their digital network and, the, you know, their search and everything else. And they're still the eighth largest direct mail. I mean, this is, you know, for all of us as entrepreneurs, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm now mailing in the uh, just under 100,000 pieces a month, and I can see it going up pretty dramatically. And, you know, the response, you know, the, the reason why people do this stuff, Craig, is it works because we're using the science, and when you measure the return, it's working. But that's, that's a big number. It's huge. 
And, and, and I've talked to the guy who ran the campaign um, at Google, and he's, you know, he told me firsthand, we were mailing millions of pieces every quarter. And it's, you know, a lot of the offer was giving away $100 free AdWords. You know, you can go sign up today and get $100 worth of free AdWords. So they're using physical, tangible mail to get somebody to use their online marketing program. So it's a little bit comical to me, too. But um, so, I mean, I think that's a great example is if they're able to use direct mail, and I'm able to sell fake rocks through mail, and there's $46 billion a year being spent on direct mail. I mean, there's some opportunities there. It's just not the shiny object right now that everyone talks about, but it's still a very viable media out there that's that's growing by 5% every year. Well, Craig, how do, you know, if you're thinking about it, you know, as an entrepreneur, I mean, one of the things that I struggled when I looked at direct mail, I'm going, you know, I can do it over email. There's, you know, incremental cost is relatively sure. low. Uh, the variable cost, once I do the creative material and so on, and I'm going, geez, I can go ahead and use that, and and that's going to be maybe not as effective, but the incremental cost, and I can be a little sloppy on the whole sure. thing. And, you know, how, how do you help? And I hear that all the time in my industry and in other industries, you know, the mastermind groups we're in, they, they all kind of play lip service, but they, they don't understand direct mail, and they don't understand how to test its applicability in their industry or niche. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is, you know, it is, there's a more cost, there's a higher cost to it. Um, but I'll, what I'll tell you from numerous tests is that you, you get what you pay for. You know, you get a more qualified buyer that's going to come back. Um, I did a test where I took 50,000 direct mail buyers, 50,000 online buyers, and 50,000 TV buyers. They all bought the same product within an 18 month period of time, all paying the same price. So the only difference between these people is what media they bought through, online TV versus direct mail. Mm -hmm. And what we found is when we looked at the lifetime value of the customers, those who bought on TV spent twice as much as those that bought online. And Got then it. those who bought with direct mail spent two to three times as much as those who bought from the TV. So the direct mail buyer, even though it costs more to acquire, spent significantly more on the back end buying other products and services. And that was a big test. I mean, 150,000 people that we looked at. And, and I've done it in smaller scale. I've done it in a variety of different niches. And I always find that those who are acquired through direct mail are your best buyers. So there is more cost to getting into the mail, but you get what you pay for. You're going to get a qual more qualified prospect or buyer out of, the, out of the, the marketing campaign. For so many of us, the lifetime value of a client is you know, significant. And you know, that client acquisition we're talking about, if we can get that you know, science, that steady stream of pre-qualified, sure. pre-endorsed clients, it's amazing. Let me, I want to go to the next segment because you provide a lot of information in this. And it's the book of the day. And what I'd like to do, Craig, you, you have a, uh, a book you've written uh, that's pretty amazing, The Direct Mail Solution. It's a business owner's guide to building a lead generation, sales-driven, money-making direct mail campaign. I don't know how you could not like that title, and you did this with <laughs> Dan Kennedy. But help me with... Um, you know, what's in it and what will happen, you know, if I'm an entrepreneur or a fellow entrepreneur and I go ahead and get that book, you know, what's that going to do? 
Well, when I, when I started to write this book, I wanted to do something more than just the 30,000 foot view. A lot of times you buy a book and they give you a great overview of a topic. And we definitely cover that with direct mail. We definitely give an overview, but I also provide all the nuts and bolts, you know, that go with it. Like the tools that you actually need, the things you need to know to go and implement a campaign yourself. So I talk about how to write a sales letter. I talk about renting and segmenting a list. I talk about tracking the campaign. I talk about how you can use direct mail to build higher customer lifetime values. So it's really an A to Z book, an A to Z book on direct mail marketing. You'll have a full understanding of how the process works and the steps you need to take in order to put a campaign together and, and get it out in the mail. Uh, that's great. I, I did not know you wrote this book, so I've already, I just bought it and I will be reading it because you know, the, the one thing that I'm gonna encourage everyone to do you know, almost, I, I, matter of fact, I can't think of any business, maybe you can help me with that, Craig, that direct mail, you know, you shouldn't at least test and it's likely that, you know, it's going to have some huge success. But like all of marketing, you, you've got to make sure you make the investment in yourself so that you understand and can have that conversation. And what I love about your book is that you've gone ahead and really kind of laid out that whole foundation from all the experience you've had. Right. Yeah, it's an A to Z, you know, it helps you with from start to finish. Well, let's go to the next segment, which is resources. And here, let me pull up your website, Craig, and, and tell, you know, our fellow entrepreneurs, um, you know, what they're going to find at Simpson dot or Simpson dash direct dot com. Well, um, I've got a number of things. I mean, I've got some information products there. I've got my book there, newsletter. But I also have a blog on there. And I've got, I don't know how many posts, maybe close to 100, um, where every week or every other week I'm posting an article about direct mail marketing and, and, and in business general too, just you know, great, insightful, useful information that you can apply to your business. So not only can you, you, know, you be educated about direct mail there, but you'll get um, there are other tips too with time management. I talk about a little bit of everything. So um, you'll find my blog, you'll find resources that you can purchase if you'd like to study more and just more information about what I do at Simpson Direct is on there as well. And how would they best reach out to you? So um, on, the, on my website, it's probably the best way. I've got a contact form. You just simply fill that out, send it to me and I get it and then I can respond. But really, there's that or I've got my phone number that's on the website. You can call my office and, and someone will answer and can help you out too. Well, I, I love the tagline, turning mail into money. So that's great. <laughs> Let me go to the next segment. I, I wanna really kind of pull together what Craig talked about and these are the key takeaways. And, and you know, I'm looking at my notes and, and I, I've got kind of five big ones. Uh, number one, marketing is a science. And this is one that you ignore at your own peril uh, because it's so easy to get caught up in fancy campaigns and this looks better and going with your gut. And I, I gotta tell you with my team, we no longer debate marketing anymore. I mean, it's so freeing because you know, if somebody want, believes passion about something, you know, we'll try it. Well, we're not gonna spend a lot of money, but test, 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 test. And, and and every week, you know, depending on which part of the company, I mean, we've got statistics on everything and you can really see incrementally whether the tests are working and whether they're right or not and how we can improve the value of what we're bringing to the marketplace. 
second, you know, Craig talked about the home run or the, you know, good base hit. And, and this is when you're starting uh, uh, any marketing campa campaign, whether it's direct mail or email, we talked about, you know, just, you know, going kind of the minimum viable uh, marketing campaign, you know, enough so you can test and make it work and then, you know, work through the bugs so that you can have success. And so much of business as we're all scaling up this accelerating entrepreneurial success is no longer having the great new idea. It's making that incremental process, you know, improvement, the systems in place to get it going. And then in the business, on the business, um, I don't travel as much as I used to. I used to be traveling a lot, but the main travel I do is mastermind groups because I've just found the value of, you know, hanging out with my fellow peers like Craig, you know, entrepreneurs. And, and you know, AES Nation is all about a virtual one. And, you know, you can get a lot of learning through what we're doing here. But, it, you know, go to the live events. You know, as a, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a little weird. And, you know, many of your friends, you know, you can't really have the same conversations that Craig and I can have. And, you know, each time we have these, there's just so much value created. Uh, time management, boy, being successful on purpose, segmenting your, you know, your business and what you want to achieve, you know, clarity of purpose and then scheduling it. And then direct mail. Boy, it's a $46 billion business. I'm a big believer in free markets. You know, if people are investing $46 billion, there's only one reason. It works. You know, definitely, you know, you want to down, you know, go to AESNation.com, download the transcript of the interview Craig and I had today. You know, go to his website, buy his book, um, get the foundation, you know, sign up for the blog. And above all, your future clients, they're counting on you. You need to reach them. And this is one of the most effective tools. Craig, thank you again. And we wish everyone the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.